0: hey guys montel here and thanks so much for tuning in to this special edition of let's be blunt with montel you know i mean getting information out there and making sure people are aware of cannabis and the fact that cannabis has been around and been a part of you know mankind's you know, equal evolution for the last 2,700 years minimum um, is something that is really important. I think looking at the history of cannabis and trying to figure out why cannabis is, you know, looked at the way it is, I think is something that we really need to do. And we need to make sure that we get as much awareness in the public as we possibly can. And there are multiple ways to do that. There's television specials, you've seen Sanjay Gupta do specials, and, you know, there's podcasts like Let's Be Blunt, and there's, hundreds of other podcasts out there trying their best to at least give the general public some basic knowledge about cannabis. And our guests today, you know, literally went after doing the same thing, but doing it in a little bit of a different way. My guests today are performing artists. They are here to talk about their new multimedia theater theatrical production entitled Cannabis of Viper Vaudeville. The performance will run from January 8th to January 15th, 2022 at the Ellen Stewart Theater in New York City. The performance is a, is co-presented with HERE, La Mama Experimental Theatrical Club, and Prototype Opera Theater Now. Baba Israel and Grace Galou, welcome so much, and welcome, thank you so much for being a part of Let's Be Blunt with Montel.
1: Hello, thank you for having us. We're so honored to be here. Yes, yeah,
2: an absolute pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here, and, and I, I, I love the way you, uh, Set up that that intro because, you know, that's right on target for where we're coming from as artists and trying to complement this collective effort to raise awareness, history, present and and where we're going in the future, too.
0: Absolutely. It's really important. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, I talk about quite a bit on this podcast is the fact that I think that the industry has done itself in some ways a disservice in that, you know, we focus so much in the last four or five years on B2B business to business, but we've really kind of neglected the consumer and the consumer needs to have knowledge so that they can make a decent choice and, you know, uh, make a decent uh, decision for their family if, in fact, this is something that they want to venture down the path of. Before we get started, going into detail about the play, I want to back up a little bit and talk a little bit about you both individually. Baba, well, let's start with you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and what brought you to this, you know, uh, initiative?
2: Well, I mean, I grew up in the counterculture, I grew up, my parents were both part of a theater company called the Living Theater. They were a, you know, radical political theater company. My parents were involved in the sixties and seventies, you know, they were involved with, uh, you know, civil rights activism, anti-war activism, and cannabis was a part of their process. You know, they were connected to the jazz community and my father started as a jazz musician, you know, and cannabis was how you, you know, got got into your rehearsal process. It was part of your creative process. So, you know, I grew up around cannabis and always knew that it was something that um, was not what, you know, Nancy Reagan was telling us, that there was that there was another story. Um, I you know, my parents gave me that insight. Um, You know, my dad used to tell me about Louis Armstrong and how he used cannabis back in the day and, you know, and just dismissing some of the propaganda. So I, I feel lucky in the sense that I grew up kind of knowing some of these these real stories um but also you know feeling concerned you know feeling concerned about you know because growing up it's still the taboo was huge the stakes in new york were 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 tough in terms of people in our community getting arrested and you know so i think there was a mixture of feelings and uh you know i think for a long time i i kind of kept you know some of my cannabis advocacy that was something i was concerned about doing in my younger years because i worked as an educator i worked in schools i worked you know bringing arts education and I was concerned, like, how would I be perceived? But at a certain point, I felt like I had to really, you know, and this is going back, you know, six, seven years ago, I felt like I had to really bring my artistry forward because, you know, I was a caregiver for my mother. And, you know, cannabis became a huge way of how I managed her dementia. And, you know, at that point, I thought, this is something that's just, you know, very on a personal level, I got to talk about this and I got to, you know, just take a stand.
0: Well, then what made you think about it, it from the perspective of, of- Putting together an off-Broadway play.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, it is. How do you go from there to there? Well, I, I'll tell you, to be honest, um, a great, a great author, journalist named Martin Lee, who is the executive director of Project CBD, which is a wonderful information site. Um, he wrote a great book called "Smoke Signals: The Social, Cultural, You Know, History of Cannabis." It goes into the scientific, you know, and our, our human relationship is ten thousand years old, you know, and there's four thousand, you know, it's documented in. In uh, Chinese traditional medicine, like four thousand years ago. So, you know, I read this book that you know I, I actually bumped into Martin in a coffee shop in Amsterdam, uh, in a place called the Four Twenty Cafe, and he 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 shared his book with me. And when I read his book, it's basically a journey through cannabis history, but through activists, through artists, you know, people like Louis Armstrong, like Allen Ginsberg, you know, like Bob Dylan, uh, like Bob Marley. And it sort of takes you through these political movement, m- movements and times. And and when, when, I, when I read the book, I just, my imagination, I thought there's so much great music connected to cannabis. There are so many important political stories, activist stories, human stories. This could be a stage show. And I reached out to Martin. I said, how do you feel about me taking your book and turning it into a performance? And he gave me his blessing. Um, I got into the studio to record the record. The first song invited Grayson in to come and sing. And then boom, that's with history. Yeah, that's where it began. Grace, what's your background?
1: So I'm from New York City as well, and I am mixed race. I'm black mixed race. My father's from the Congo and my mother's Irish. And I came from a very different background, very conservative Irish Catholic, went to school and was lied to about cannabis. Um, but I am epileptic, and I have used cannabis for a long time for medication, but also for stress uh, reduction, and I feel like it's important for those who revere these characters and figures uh, in music to understand that those people are also cannabis users, advocates, and have been um, subjugated under discrimination of their use of the plant. So drawing those,
0: excuse me. Okay, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Just drawing those connections, you know, I didn't know that about Louis Armstrong and my parents love Louis Armstrong and they played him all the time in our home. I don't think they knew that he was a cannabis user. So I think drawing those connections between the people we love and their use of cannabis is really powerful through music.
0: Well, you know, I think it's really, it's really interesting when you say they didn't know about Louis Armstrong. Most most people don't know about the fact that, you know, we we look at America and people believe that America was built on tobacco and, uh, you know, and cotton. But America was built on the back of hemp. I yes. mean this nation would not even be here if it were not for hemp. I mean the fact that you know the sails that Christopher Columbus had on his boat were made from hemp. Right. You know the ropes that they used on the boat were made from hemp. The clothing that they actually put on when they got here to the new land was right. hemp-based clothing. And you know, you look back at the revolutionary army and the entire revolutionary army was clothed in hemp fiber clothing. So, you know, I mean we we don't really even Begin to understand how important hemp was and cannabis was to the entire fabric of America.
2: Literally, literally. yeah, literally the fabric. The fabric. That's right. That's a, right. a great, That's of a great part. Mean. of it. Yeah, yeah
0: people, people don't understand. <laughs> you know, the right. word cannabis is the reason why we have a word called canvas. Right. People don't understand. Right. They just don't. So yep. You know, you 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 you. How did the two of you end up? Well, I know you reached out, by the, to Grace yeah. to come in and sing a song, but. Where were you, Where was your head, Graves, when he said, "I think about. I want to think of, I'm thinking about putting together a off Broadway play." well at the time I
1: didn't know what this would become this was really we did so many works in progress and this was a concert and then it became so many things there were so many different developments where this this play or this concert this theatrical concert is a term that we're using Uh, we didn't know what it was going to be but we just kept working on the music and it it, we worked with a dramaturge and a director and it, it came to fruition but at the time it was just literally an outpouring of feeling, emotion, tension. We worked on this uh, piece mostly during the Trump administration. Um, so there was some confrontation there and we didn't know that New York was gonna be legal by the time uh, we presented this piece. So right. we were doing we were doing this with also the tension of how is this going to affect our livelihoods, our connection with the parents of the students that we teach? Um, How's this going to affect my relationship with my own family? Um, right.
0: And did your family, you know, I mean, let let me talk a little bit more to you, Grace, about this issue. My my daughter, just for complete disclosure, was an adolescent epileptic herself and has found, you know, in especially in recent years, um, and, uh, you know, she she had a, a tough journey from being diagnosed and going through her, you know, later teen years and early 20s. But then once she got off of a lot of the, you know, Western medications that were really doing her more harm than I think were doing her good, and started focusing on cannabis as a tool to help her deal with her seizures. Um, you know, she now lives a life that is, you know, pretty much Western medication drug-free, but she still does on from occasions uses cannabis to help her when she thinks that, you know, she might be. And unfortunately, fortunately for her, you know, hers was adolescent onset epilepsy. Mm. And it, she didn't grow out of, but it has lessened as she's gotten older, which has been really good and wonderful for her. But, you know, it's still there. It's always in the back. And so, you know, she she battles and and uses cannabis to help, you know, contain that. Talk a little bit about your cannabis journey when it comes to seizures and things like that.
1: I, I was smoking cannabis before that for other reasons, for reasons of trauma, for reasons of relaxation. I, I started smoking cannabis in high school with my Catholic uh, school girlfriends. Um, and I didn't really understand the power of, of it medicinally um, until I was diagnosed with epilepsy. And at that time, there was a lot of confusion about what, what was I experiencing and what was going to help it. And what really it came down to was eating. So I wasn't really able to eat after seizures, and I lost my appetite, and I wasn't able to sleep. Um, so that's when I really started using cannabis more heavily to to monitor and to prevent my seizures. But it's still it's not a perfect science, and we're 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 looking at okay, what is the best? Um, what are the best terpenes? What are the best strains? What what is going to help in the long run? But I I would love for the world to be so accepting of cannabis that this research could be more, um, just more. Uh, open and more public and more well known. I think there needs to be a lot more research about how to monitor and to uh, treat epilepsy with cannabis. Well,
0: but, but I, think, I well, let me just add to that. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen recently that you know normal just put out a brand new book. Uh, people don't understand, and I, and I and I don't. I'm not saying this in any way, shape, or form to counter what it is you're saying. Mm-hmm. But we keep asking for, and I, I I recently sat down and watched you know the sixth installment of. You know, parts of the sixth installment of Sanjay Gupta's special on cannabis where he actually addresses, you know, seizures and and other, you know, uh, uh, he's talking about other uh, spectrum diseases or illnesses. And You know, there was a doctor on it said, well, but we really need to have more research. Well, every time I hear that come out of somebody's mouth, it angers me because there has been more research done on cannabis in the last 10 years than any other drug, any other substance on the planet. Over 20,000 peer-reviewed, published documents are out there right now. And when it comes to epilepsy, I got to tell you, girlfriend, I mean, honestly, you know, if you just do a little bit more digging yourself, you know, Google, get up there online and start looking at it. You're going to find there's probably about 2,500 different peer-reviewed, published documents from doctors talking about the efficaciousness of cannabinoids in cannabis when it comes to seizure maladies. And so, you know, what's going on, and this is what angers me about the medical community, is that they claim there's no research. No, there's no research being done by them.
1: You know, doctors
0: are always supposed to continue medical education. That's why right. they have things that are called CMEs. Doctors are supposed to study. They don't just graduate from college, get a degree, and walk out the door and think they know everything. Well, they, I'm sorry. That's they <laughs> they might. That's what they do do. But that, right. what they should be doing is when they graduate, they should be looking for the next peer-reviewed, published documents so that they can educate themselves. Right. And if they educated I'm, themselves, they wouldn't say there's not enough research out there. Not, I'm not saying that because I think you think there's not enough research out there. But girlfriend, there is research out there right now. That. I
1: meant more specifically, Montel, that there isn't enough research in my certain, my specific ailment in, in terms of epilepsy and where it is in my frontal lobe and then exactly what strains pertain to that. So I just meant personal research in terms of the ability to access medical cannabis, the ability to monitor how I'm I'm reacting to it. I didn't mean in general in the medical community. Yeah. No, I just meant specifically I mean, to my case.
0: I'm mean, interviewing a doctor today, later on today, that has done, I think it's close to you know 15,000 patients that have gone through, and he's probably got a long list of patients that have some form of former seizure malady that mm. in his research in collecting data has put together data, real world data mm. of individuals who might not, They you might come across the fact that, you know, some of his patients have similar symptoms you, but what he's been doing has been documenting the strains and things that actually work for his patients and then sharing it with others so i i don't, I don't mean to say it it's not an dispersion i just say that the information is there about i agree really it. it's about access and it's also about someone putting it together in a way that makes it easily or, or much more easily digestible by all the masses Right. Sure. I've seen numerous <laughs>
1: neurologists, and they are often opposed to cannabis when I mention it.
2: That's the challenge. Um,
1: and I also, as a as a performer, I don't have great health insurance. Let me put that out there. I don't have great health insurance. I'm not rich. I often am online in a clinic. I w- I've waited in Bellevue for six hours to be seen by a neurologist, and then they already left the building. So I'm often just getting what I can get in terms of treatment. And sure. it's often because of the stigma of cannabis, because I'm a black woman, I get treated differently. Yeah. Um, as soon as I say I use cannabis, as soon as they see it in my blood work, they start treating me differently. Um, so I, I know it's out there, but accessing those doctors is not something that's easily accessible.
0: Yeah. You know, and I gotta tell you, that's something that's got to stop. We've got to figure out a way to make America wake up, but I don't think it's gonna happen until, you know, pretty much a generation of, of physicians dies off, gets out of the business get out of the way you know that's my my view huh? because i mean yeah some of them are just die hard trying to you know keep it from no it doesn't work i know it doesn't work shut and they all the information that they have is false information anyway I no know. it's jimmy
2: mean, one, one of the good things at least with you know the mrta the new legalization in new york you know i've seen i think i'm hopeful that it will allow for some change for example you know my mother's uh currently in uh like a recovering in a rehab center um, and you know at first they were very close to cannabis but not necessarily from a medical perspective they were closed that their hands were tied you know the, the doctors actually were there were, were actually very open-minded and they actually said you know what we think it actually could be really useful for seniors and could replace a lot of very toxic pharmaceuticals but because of the nature of the previous medical laws they were not allowed to access any of the medical program with the new rollout of legalization in new york state now it means that those kind of facilities and it means that any doctor who can prescribe who can prescribe uh a controlled substance can now uh, prescribe cannabis so that that opens up the field in new york and you know and and hopefully you know but it's you know it's it's a policy thing and it's a culture thing and they have to happen simultaneously and i think that's part of why we're making this production is we know that arts and culture are a way that, you know, human beings, we learn through storytelling, you know, we learn that's where we really things get into us, you know. Um, But when we do our run, you know, we're going to have a a panel discussion after, you know, we're doing we're we're doing 10 shows, you know, sometimes we're ending with a DJ dance party, sometimes we're ending with a cypher with guest rappers. And sometimes we're ending with panel discussions so that we can really share information, educate. And we have one panel that's really focused on the importance of maintaining and also documenting the existing research. And we've got a research institute, we've got a practicing medical doctor, we've got, you know, uh, folks from the na- you know, National Cannabis Party who I know, Safita, who I know you've interviewed, I believe, in the past.
0: I, I happen uh, to be, I happen to be, they just asked me to be the chairman of the board for the National Cannabis Party. Wonderful. So, Taking on that role. Congratulations.
2: And, uh, well, they're yeah, they're gonna be representing at our run. And and Safita's coming to talk about her experience as a, as a caregiver, as a mother. You know, so we're gonna, you know, we're trying, you know, we're trying to hit this on on different levels and angles and you know one of the stories that we w- that we really focus on in the second act of the show is i'm you know i'm i don't know is dennis perone you know and and mm-hmm. the story of of how cannabis around aids activism and around the aids crisis that that was really one of the moments where you know the first moment of a legal dispensary and you know and the risks that those folks took you know people like brownie mary who was this incredible woman who would you know, who was in her 70s and would bake, you know, these brownies and bring them to the patients So they would, you know, ease their suffering, help them deal with nausea, help them deal with the wasting, help them eat, you know, and she went to jail in her 70s, you know, they arrested her. And, you know, we, I, I wrote a song about her life. And then Grace turned it into this blues that will just knock you out of the park, you know, And 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 so we're using music to bring these stories to life in a way that, you know, you're going to feel it you're going to feel it on an emotional level you know through the music
0: well i was going to ask you to tell me a little bit more tell me more about the theatrical project cannabis yeah cannabis. No.
2: i mean i mean you know we kind of you know the interesting vaudeville is a complex word with a complex history but what's interesting about it it's like truly an american form and it's a variety show right it allows for you to go anywhere now oh. a lot of vaudeville had issues with racism so that's something we're trying to subvert that and and you know and 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 really make sure that the, all of the work is coming from a place uh, you know, of of working towards progress, of working towards justice. But it allows us a lot of freedom. So, you know we go, to every genre of music that you can imagine, you we know? start
1: with the ancient Scythians, and then we end with a hip-hop cipher. So we go from ancient times to modern times, and we we use the the remix, the hip-hop remix, to sort of give a taste of what this sounded like in the past, but also give uh, a new lens, a new ear to all of this music.
2: Yeah, we we play, you know, we 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 reimagine an, a classic Ella Fitzgerald song, and then. You know, and but and so, but we, you know, we, we, I ended up adapting some of the lyrics to to challenge Anslinger. It's sort of written as a song if Ella sang a a, a song to challenge, you know, Anslinger in the '30s, you know, and to call him out. So it's like, but we use that aesthetic of the jazz of jazz at that time, you know, and um, we're working also, you know, with yeah, please.
0: When it comes to Anslinger, I mean, like, I'm glad you did that because you know a lot of people don't know that Anslinger was a proponent and supported cannabis during prohibition for alcohol people don't know that he spoke about the fact that cannabis was less violent he spoke about the fact that it was it was something that people wanted to do something that was going to help them you know get some euphoria you should do cannabis instead of drinking because drinking would lead you down the devil's path and lead you down the path of Mm -hmm. beating women and all these kinds of things it wasn't until prohibition was lifted for alcohol that Anslinger turned to cannabis because yep. at that point in time, he wanted to make sure that all them darkies who were he thought were responsible for bringing it in here needed yep. to be put in jail. And that that's right. He it, over. it had nothing to do with his, you know, disdain for cannabis. As a matter of fact, he was a supporter. It just was when they, he lost his job, basically, yep. Yep. as a prohibitionist for alcohol. You yep. need to find another way to keep himself getting paid. yep
2: Campaign. Yep. And also, yeah. And like you said, it, it's definitely deeply tied to institutional systemic racism anti-mexican xenophobia as well cuz after the mexican revolution you had you know mexican folks coming back into texas you know back into southern california and then you know those were the first laws even for before anslinger got you know got his you know his uh tax change in the late 30s you know in 1913 1914 they were criminalizing mexican folks you know and they were calling it loco weed and as we know too cannabis was sold legally in pharmacies all across america right. in the I'm 1800s sure.
0: and People there was oh my god there
2: were emcees and tincture all of the cbd you know that was all happening i mean there's
1: also a correlation with jim crow yeah that's also how do we get black labor for free yeah right absolutely we have to to incarcerate black people how do we go about that yeah
0: correct
2: yeah so we yeah so we use music to tell these stories you know and we feel like as legalization is rolling out it's like we can't forget this history we cannot just whitewash it yeah and throw it under the rug and and so you know we know that you know music theater performance is a way to do it you know and you know so we we you know the the first half of the show really takes us each song moves us forward in time we have a whole song dealing with Pancho villa and the mexican revolution and the role cannabis played in you know the you know like la cucaracha it's a song that a lot of us grew up singing in school that was a reefer song that was a song the actual lyrics were that if we don't have you know the cockroaches were the the people the the, the soldiers in the mexican revolution they said if we don't have our marijuana we're, we're not marching, marching we're not marching. That was the original meaning of that song. You know. So we use these, these different moments of folklore, of history to bring that out.
1: Yes. And also mm-hmm. I feel like there's a void in the entertainment industry around cannabis where I feel like the modern paradigm or the, the main tropes are very male dominated, very sort of zany, frivolous, slapstick. I haven't seen anything in the entertainment industry that represents the story of cannabis that I've lived through or that I see historically that we've lived through the suffering and the nuance, the celebration of the plant, but also the nuance. It's always about finding a burger or a magic joint, and I'm I actually find that degrading. Yeah. So I think we needed yeah. to have a piece that was really had some reverence.
0: Well, I think you know when you look back at Rick Rick James when he did uh, Mary Jane, you know, oh, most, yeah. people, most people think he was singing a song about a girlfriend and okay. he was singing a song about cannabis that's what he was Oh singing that's about.
2: our encore song by the way. We do a cover of that for the encore. Hey, don't we- give it away. <laughs> Sorry about <Okay>. that. <laughs> and just to say too, you know, we're working with some incredible dancers, you know, and and you know, a group called Urban Bushwomen who are, you know, a world-renowned dance company based out of Brooklyn. Um, and also a dancer called Raka James who's a crumper. So, you know, they're using their bodies to bring these stories to life and it's a real connection between music and movement. And so they're time traveling, you know, uh, with their bodies as well and remixing movement. So it's sometimes, you know, it feels like you're in the 30s, but then we we flip and we're in, in present time. And, you know, and then the second half of the show really deals with this issue of celebrating the you know, cannabis as a medicine. There's there's, you know, a storytelling around uh, the issue uh, experience of veterans and PTSD and the role that cannabis can play in veterans lives, which is we feel a very important story to tell. Um, and we've been connecting with an activist called Leo Bridgewater. Um, who has done a lot of advocacy around getting uh, access to cannabis for veterans. And, you know, he's going to come and speak at one of the nights. So, you know, it's really this blend between performance and and education, edutainment, as they say.
0: But it's also you're doing something that's called a multimedia performance. Oh, yeah. People who don't understand what multimedia performance means.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll touch on the things and feel sure. free to add to it. But I mean, you know, on, on we're having a, a stage built for our show. Um, we're working with a wonderful set designer called Nick uh, Benassa Raff and he and then we're collaborating with uh, a lighting designer named Tuche and then a, a a video designer named David Bengali. You know, we have two tw- like 20 foot projection screens behind us. And so, you know, we're going to ha- there's there's, you know, video being designed to, you know, s- support the storytelling. You know, sometimes it's, you know, really amazing uh, imagery that just adds to the, you know, the the feeling of music, but sometimes it's very specific imagery. So, multimedia is really about bringing together the elements of music, storytelling, poetry, rap, song, dance, video, and sound lighting, design. sound design, you know. So, you know, we have a full creative design team. So, this is an immersive experience. We have, you know, we have a team of people creating cannabis plants, you know, um, that are, you know, there's going to be these sculptural cannabis plants throughout the space. There's going to be, you know, a giant cannabis disco uh, ball like disco leaf. There's going to be, you know, all kinds of immersive lighting effects. We're looking at, um, you know, having terpenes so that when you come into the room, you smell the smell of cannabis. You know, uh, we're going to have be using working with fog and haze you know so it's going to be an immersive experience the audience will be able to uh both sit and watch there'll also be areas where audience can dance and there'll be a dance floor you know so it's going to be you know an immersive multimedia experience multisensory because that's what the plant is the plant tunes your senses you know a lot that's why artists have been so attracted to this plant is it heightens your senses it heightens your 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 visual perception your auditory perception you know that's you know it, it it really makes your 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 senses come alive so as artists that's what we want to do we want we want to your senses to come alive when you come to see this piece
0: there's not only artists who believe that but you know scientists and others remember i mean there are those it's who believe, true for a fact i mean when they finally scraped out benjamin franklin's pipe that was in the washington in the in smithsonian institute in washington dc they found that a whole homeboy wasn't just sucking away on tobacco <laughs> you know we know that he had a little hemp in that in that pipe along that's with, right you know, uh, uh, even yeah. I think there's there's information that that suggests that Albert Einstein, who's considered the greatest mind of the last century, literally used cannabis to help, you know, open up his mind. Also, so, a lot of
2: scientists, a lot of scientists have really like have that. used cannabis in their yeah to get themselves into an open frame of mind, to get themselves to hyper focus. You know, some of these things probably many years ago might have been helpful in in you know hunting. You know, or but now we can apply them. You know, uh, to creativity, to science, to innovation. So
0: getting yourself to write an email. <laughs> yeah. what, what, are, what are some of the major takeaway messages at this project uh, that are most important to you?
1: Well, one is that this could easily go backwards. So we're we're making progress forwards, but we have to remember what was and how recent that was, so that we stay vigilant. Um, so that we can celebrate the plant and celebrate the success of legalization in New York City and around the United States and also in other places in the world. But we have to remain vigilant and protect this plant and stay active and not become complacent. Um, so that's one major thing. Um, yeah,
0: you have a yeah, I think just to echo what you're saying there, I think one of the things that we we're starting to see nationally is that, you know, unfortunately, you know, this industry doesn't understand how to keep itself sustainable either. You know, yeah. we've got some people in this industry I think are doing some really unscrupulous things like trying to take a plant-based medicine and literally apply other chemicals to it to create derivatives that are only going to do one thing and add up the uh, on our heads. I mean, is this crap that's out there now. It's, the, it's THC-8 and THCO these are chemicals that aren't naturally formed chemicals though they are released through a chemical process they they are are chemical I don't know constituents of the cannabis plant that you know when, when it comes to THCO there's anywhere from you know, it could be anywhere from 2 to 3 to 4 maybe more times more powerful than standard THC uh, delta 9 and then you know what's going to end up happening is Somebody's going to take that, have a really bad experience, and that's going to give the DEA an excuse to come down on the entire head of the entire industry. So, yep. you know, I, I, I applaud you for at least trying to make sure that people understand that we've got to be vigilant and uh, pay attention not only to what's happening outside of our industry, but what's happening inside the industry.
1: Absolutely, and we know that the plan had, you know. Eons to evolve into what it is, and they're the natural evolution of the plant created a balance within it. So when we when we find that people are creating um, higher THC levels in plants by breeding, we also find that that is not balanced enough. We need some more CBD in there. Um, so. Yeah, no, it's
2: an entourage effect. I remember, you know, I remember once I was at this presentation, there was a wonderful cannabis scientist there, his name escapes me, but he was saying, you know, a drug is when you, you know, you, you extract a single chemical compound, you know, cannabis is an herb with a complex matrix of of chemical compounds that all, you know, regulate each other, you know, so I think, yeah, I mean, you know, another important message of the show is an end to the war on drugs, you know, it's just like that is a, you know, a clear message that we need not just an end on the uh, Uh, on the war on cannabis, but we need a new a new way of addressing, you know, drug policy in our country. And we need to stop criminalizing folks for that reason, because we know it's disproportionate, you know, to communities of color, whatever substance it is, when we look through our history in this country. So, you know, ending the war on drugs, you know, valuing and affirming cannabis as a medicine, as something that's used by by families, by caregivers, you know, that this is not an illicit substance, you know, challenging that dogma, um, you know, celebrating the artists and activists and the musical genres that are connected to cannabis. So, you know, just a, a bit of a of some joy and 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 lift up. You know, we have a song called "Who Are the Heroes." You know, like acknowledging people who took risks. You know, the people who have taken the risks that have gotten us here. You know, and to and to also remember that this show can be. Um, you know, eventually we're going to tour this production. And the, the sort of vision is wherever we tour it to, we'll always have local panelists, local activists, local speakers. The show ends every night with a call to action. So every night um, we have a different activist who comes on after the last song and gives a five minute call to action. We're gonna have tables with information. You know, so, you know, we look forward to, as we take the show around the country, connecting with different grassroots groups, you know, where, you know, I'm involved with New York City Normal here. You know, we're connected to different normal chapters around the around the, st- uh, the states. I
0: suggest you know, so you should hook up with The uh, Last principal Project also, which is. Uh, absolutely. Yes, yeah, Steve I D'Angelo. Yeah, as well as, uh, I work with them rather closely and uh, uh, they're doing some really, really phenomenal work. And that was a question I was going to ask you, because it seems like the show right now is on a limited run. It's an experimental stage, but you plan on what, you know, knocking out the kinks between the eighth and the fifteenth? And then exactly. Yeah, absolutely.
2: No, I absolutely. mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we we have big visions for this show. We really feel like, you know, we have we we got a very prestigious grant for this production and it's been amazing to get we got some New York State funding. Uh, you know, so we you know, the, the New York State, you know, Council on the Arts has funded a show about cannabis. So that's 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 progress um we also received
0: because we're, we're sitting here in the in the day of covid and uh you know right now you're yeah. open, but who knows what's going to happen next month
1: and we have that in mind and we've once the show is created the show exists and if it has to exist later on then that's what we'll do and you know we'll be slightly heartbroken because this has been five years leading up to this moment um, but the show exists and the show can go on in different forms, in different venues, at different times.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, all performing artists feel vulnerable at this time, you know, and, and many of us, you know, you know, we have friends who are Broadway performers, we have friends who are, you know, jazz musicians, all, you know, every element of performing arts and, you know, so I think... We're, we're we're creating all our protocols and working with the theater to create those structures and then, you know, we'll respond as we have to. But, you know, at the moment, our focus is making it happen and then respond accordingly. But, you know, we want to take the show across the country. We you know, we want to eventually we have a vision of bringing the show to Broadway. You know, we really feel like um, it's it's the time where that 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 kind of space could open up. And we'd love to bring this show to audiences who are new to campus, who are new to this culture, you know, and, and we wanted to really we really feel like it has um, entry points for all kinds of folks. You know, we did a We did an early version in Colorado a couple of years ago and our audience, you know, the audience that came was 20 to 70. Um, and that was a beautiful thing. You know, we really feel like it's it's a subject that touches so many lives and cuts across so many lines. And it's a, a subject that can bring folks together. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're hopeful, realistic and optimistic.
0: Well, where can people go to get more and more information, number one, and where can people go to get tickets?
2: Absolutely. So if you go to PrototypeFestival.org, uh, I believe is the site. Let me just double confirm that. Yep. Yep, that's right. PrototypeFestival.org. And then you'll find, if you look at shows, you'll find Cannabis or Viper Vaudeville. Viper, just to give people a little insight, was a code word. It was a you know in the jazz era of the 30s and 40s. Um, you know, for folks who were part of the cannabis community. So we wanted to sort of pay honor to that time and that tradition, um, you know, which was very important to my father and, and, you know, a word that he taught me when I was pretty young, when he taught me about this uh, jazz musician called Mez Mesro, who was uh, Louis' connection. Um, you know, so that's, we just wanted to give a little insight into that word. But yeah, Prototype Festival, also here.org um, is a wonderful, uh, that's the website of, our, of the theater where we've been in residence. And then our band is called Soul Inscribed, and you can go to soulinscribed.com if you want to learn more about our music and our band.
0: Um, Great. You, yeah. you want to add anything else? Please add. Else I, I feel we... like Baba just
1: encompassed everything that um, all of the places to go, but I just I feel so grateful to have this conversation. And um, I'm in awe of the progress that's been made, and I'm also really invigorated to keep keep it on.
2: Yeah, we appreciate we appreciate you, and it's you know it's really meaningful that you've been adding your voice for so long to this subject, and just acknowledgement and appreciation for your your work as an advocate, as an activist, as someone who's been using you know your your ability to uh, speak out and influence. So just an acknowledgement of that. If you want, we could end with a little something creative. You want you know we always like to freestyle.
0: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, love it. <laughs> songs I'm
1: cannabis and what is really true giving you a taste of some history i want to spread a bunch of seeds watch them grow and cultivate i don't want to be filled with hate we're gonna give you a taste of our show I but you want to let them know let them
2: know with the flow because we're being with Montel. Cannabis, you know it's a beautiful substance. We can break it down with the education. This is a freestyle flow, no cannabis but improvisation. Lifting and giving the rhythm and giving the vibration. Shouting out one time, cause yo, that's the education, yes. participation. So we gotta rock this for justice when I bust this. So Montel, give us a word. Give us any word, throw a word into our mix. And then we'll take that word and add it to our lyrics. Truth, cannabis oh, truth. That's right. We gotta do this for the old, do this for the youths. We gotta take a raid, yo, share that truth. Cause there's proof, it's in the science, it's in the peer review. And we're giving you the map, and we're giving you a clue. You can take cannabis and break it up and put side of your stew. Watch out, you can scrape off and get the residue. If you're feeling nauseous, don't feel cautious. Just understand the right ratio of THC to CBD and get the energy. Cause it's a natural remedy, and it gives you a state of reverie. Listen to Grace's melody, flowing with the rhythm and the energy. Last time, we rock it just like that. Still giving the rhythm the
1: plant of the people, the plant of the people, of the people, the plant of the, we have a story to tell, tale of a plan and its spell. We have a story to tell, tale of a plan and its spell
0: here well, with you know, Montel. The play, I have to tell you, it, the play is a Viper and It runs from January 8th to January 15th in New York City. So make sure you go up on the website. Bob, I give it out one more time. Where can they go to get tickets? Prototypefestival.org. Prototypefestival.org, go up online get your tickets now try to get in the town and take a look you know if things change a little bit because of uh covid well you'll get the information out to make sure people understand where they can go to see the main new production if if in fact it gets postponed a little bit right
2: absolutely beautiful we really appreciate you appreciate the time and such such a great conversation
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you've been able to share. I'm going to make sure that people, you know, here at Let's Be Blunt understand what's going on. There's a movement and that movement is from the ground up and we need to support it. And uh, thank you guys so much for what you're doing. You know, let me know. Come on back. Let me know how how well it, it does. Okay? OK, we'd love we to. Will. We'd love to. We appreciate you. All the best. All the best to you too. you. Stay safe. You stay well. And you make sure you tune into the next edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments.